I'm Richard Alvin, the Managing Editor of Business Matters, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Mark Wright, the Founder and Managing Director of digital marketing company Climb Online. Hey, good to see you. Well, good to be with you. We'll be virtually here on, on audio. <laughs> indeed, Mark, indeed. Um, so uh, how have you found the last uh, couple of weeks since, well, more than a couple of weeks since uh, mid-March? Gosh, it's been a... Um, absolute roller coaster I think you know this is like my what is it now like my ninth year in business and I'd have to say by far this has been the hardest thing I've experienced not only in my life but in my career um, some crazy uh, downs let's put it that way and we're just starting to go back up now it's been a, a lesson for me in, in management in business in, in structuring my company in, in, in cash flow savings it's been an absolute masterclass for this inexperience for dealing in a business in a crisis so listen it's been a roller coaster but I'm sure I'm not alone in that I think every business owner and every business out there is going to have a very similar story to to mine and uh, what we've what we've seen you say that you're not alone and clearly you aren't but you are uh, being able to to rely on your 50% business partner, um, a somewhat uh, erudite Lord Sugar. Um, what advice um, has uh, Alan Sugar been giving you? Um, and I see that he's stuck in, uh, well, I say stuck, he's, uh, he's choosing to, uh, to, to spend uh, this, this period in Florida. So uh, does that mean with not a lot to do, he's, uh, he's been constantly uh, WhatsApping and, uh, and getting on your cases? Yeah, well, I think, you know, being stuck in Boca Raton, um, Florida is a pretty nice place to be uh, stuck for a lockdown if you're ever going to be stuck anywhere. Um, but quite right, when this first happened, I phoned Lord Sugar and we spoke about it. And just recently he's told me, you know, he's been in business 60 years and he's never seen anything as significant or business changing for, for any industry as much as the, the situation that all businesses are facing now. And he said... By far, it's the biggest crisis and recession that we're going into that he'll ever see in his lifetime or career. And that's pretty pretty frightening advice from someone with so much experience, you know. But you're quite right. He's had nothing but time on his hands and he's also learned two new skills, had a voice note on WhatsApp and how to create Zoom meetings. And that's been, some would say, uh, fun, but he's really using it to full advantage. He starts at 6.30 in the morning and he still works full days. And, and for a 70-odd-year-old man, it's pretty pretty fast pace. He, he really is still setting the pace even at his, uh, his age and where he is in his career and success. Are there any specifics um, that he's given you, some you know, advice, et cetera, um, that you probably uh, wouldn't have thought of yourself? Well, he he's a big one for – he d- puts everything in simple terms. He, I think the main advice I've ever got from him in, in, in any situation, particularly this one, is keep things simple and follow the numbers. You'll gauge really early on in your business and in your sector which customers are still able to trade, which ones are still spending money, and which ones are going to be the new successful customers for the sector, and they're the ones you need to go after really quickly. So he was 
onto me incredibly early on to uh, lock down and understand which customers were being successful in this environment, environment, which industries were still booming, so that we could remodel ourselves to to make sure that we could provide our service to those customers. So it's very simple advice, but it, it's not. It's it's never the advice that's the key. It's the pace in which you make the decisions and how quickly you move. And and I think that's where he really made me level up and all the apprentice winners where we made a lot of decisions about furloughing staff, cutting costs, changing products before a lot of businesses had even realised there was a problem. And, and that's really where a good mentor or coach comes into play. Given that obviously the services that you provide are for, you know, to help businesses uh, go online, um, get better online, get better, get better visibility online. Um, does that mean that overall, whilst clearly, you know, you, you've had some cash flow challenges, you've, you, you've just said you probably had to furlough some staff, et cetera, and reduce your, your cost base. But broadly, are you actually seeing a quite a buoyed uh, marketplace at the moment with, you know, new customers coming online, new customers seeking you out? Um, because, you know, the world is this new, potentially this new normal, it's going to be a lot more online. So they're really going to have to, you know, step it up. Quite right. I think initially the the whole industry was shook, including all of our customer base and, and, and us along with it. The first three weeks was dire. And then exactly as you say, businesses realised, hang on a minute, we still need to trade, we still need a brand presence, we still need to generate leads, sales, etc. And also for businesses that were put down into a shutdown, they thought, well, hang on, we've got products that if we can't sell on our high street shop, we can still sell online. So we've seen an absolute record sales of people uh, listing new e-commerce website stores uh, and people asking us to boost those stores out to their existing customer base and find new customers for them. So I think it breaks into two parts. The initial um, shock and fear that was in the community really held back sales and slowed things down. But now we're actually seeing an increase uh, in sales. We, we sold more deals uh, in the last seven days than we ever had uh, as a record in the company. So it was our record seven days for the business in terms of new orders. And that's uh, been completely new products, website stores, apps, um, where People just want to get back out in front of customers, uh, even if their shop can't be open. So um, I think business can never be held back, no matter what the market is, and people will always find a new way of operating, and that's what we're starting to see now. Are you seeing a lot of people that haven't actually had e-commerce stores actually on their websites um, actually getting them, Um, and or or is it actually people... We've seen people that didn't even have websites. It's crazy. People who have, like, never felt the need to be online, never had a website. So, you know, we're building some company's first ever website, which uh, was a bit of a shock to me. Blimey, yeah. That's probably uh, uh, Business 101 in uh, 2020. I actually have at least some sort of website. Uh, But anyway, Um, so, so... Let's drill down a little bit on on, on what, uh, you know, our audience, uh, you know, UK SMEs could actually be doing. Um, So firstly, if they haven't got a website or an e-commerce element to their website and they could sell their products online, um, you know, what should they be doing? You know, WordPress or Shopify or whatever else, you know, what what, what would be an easy, quick win? 
So exactly right. So the first thing is, is you must have a web presence. If if this crisis has taught us anything, you need a constant omnipresence with your business, whether that's a high street store. I think that we're always going to need uh, physical shops. There's always going to be a consumer that wants, and, and all consumers deserve an experience when they go shopping. So I don't think this is the end of the high street. I don't think this is the end of offices. I think things will change, but they'll certainly always have a presence. But coming back to online, you must have a website. If you don't have a website, okay, your first port of call is free social media channels. Having a Facebook account for your business, having a Google listings page for your business, these are areas where you can list free of charge and also sell your products on a marketplace to get started. But having an app or a website um, for your product or service is such an easy way to talk to local and international customers. And it's not as expensive as you think. Yes, if you're going to go all the way and really be in front of most of your customers and really boost your product out there, it can get quite expensive, but you will get the reward. If you just want to stay local, sometimes just having a Facebook page or, or a small app built can be done very quickly, very cost effectively, and get you trading sales, which rival your uh, physical store. When you say you know, fairly cost effectively, what would uh, you know, an average uh, initial offering um, actually cost a customer? You can build a very good website now. I'm talking about a, you're probably talking about a 10 to 15 page WordPress website for a thousand pounds of a, of a high standard now. And that is crazy. I remember the days when websites were 20, 30,000 pounds for, for what we sell now for a thousand pounds. And the same with an app. There's actually a lot of app builders out there that you can do for four, five, 600 pounds and have a really good, you know, uh, click and play website. Um, uh, app for buying clothing, uh, booking appointments, whatever it is that your your business does. So I think the biggest thing that holds small business owners back is the fear of the cost of getting involved in online. But it's much easier when you when you get going and the reward far outweighs the cost once you get the results. Okay. And then um, equally the same sort of question um, and for advice for, for companies that have a, a credible web presence already. Um, but uh, you know they're not ranking high enough or whatever. What what quick wins could, could they be looking at? You know, obviously there's there's PPC. And we probably need to explain what some of these terms are, um, and you know retargeting. Uh, you know, what would be the quickest win in your opinion? And also, what sort of budget should uh, a company you know, be, be looking to? The absolute quickest win right now is free video content. Listing your business a YouTube channel and creating an Instagram account and Facebook account and creating high quality content that demonstrates what your product or service does and uploading that video to social media, to YouTube. And uh, it's free. It's seeing, I'm seeing better results. I know um, during this lockdown, I've seen so many TikTok videos, so many Instagram videos. People are creating more video content than ever. And by the end of this year, 75% plus of what we consume on the internet will be video content. So if you're starting a website or you're starting to move to online, you must be thinking video first. People are going to consume video before text content, before ad content. So it's very important that you're video focused and you're mobile focused. 75% of all traffic is uh, on a mobile. 70% is consumed through video. So we need to be very intelligent about 
how we're displaying things and not just going about it uh, and paying before we need to. So I would implore any business owner to create a Q&A, what, what are the frequently asked questions in my business? What are my customers most asking? And answer those questions through video content. Upload them to social media and watch how good the results and engagement is. Um, that's where I'm seeing really amazing results. You know, the businesses that have been successful during this lockdown have hosted webinars, they've done tutorials online, they've produced video content, and the ones that are really suffering have sat back and waited for the lockdown to be over. So it's just a different thought process and mentality, but it's all, it's all coming back to content creation and, and getting that out there on the right channels. Okay, thanks for that. Um, obviously, pre uh, you know, March, pre-coronavirus, um, I know that you were looking at um, expanding. Um, you know, you are... Um, I understand the uh, the most successful uh, company that has left uh, the Apprentice, um, uh, but but you know you were looking at far you know going abroad. Um, are you still looking to do that? Um, and if so, you know how did you how did that come about? Yeah, listen, a hundred percent. I think our goal is to be uh, a, the leader in our sector um, of, of, of digital marketing and provide more leads and sales for businesses than any other agency worldwide. We set a very clear goal to, to dominate the UK and we've become very, very successful in the UK. We had um, offices in Manchester, Bristol, London. Uh, London's expanded up to 73 desks in St Paul's in London. And what we've realised in the lockdown and, and the coronavirus days have really solidified what our research had already produced, which was we're going to move to a model of having one office per country. We're looking at setting up in New York and Sydney, Australia within the next 12 months because Zoom and Skype and, and our Microsoft Teams has got to such a high standard level where we don't need regional offices per country. We need one hub office per country and then people still like to work with, a, um, with an agency within their specific countries. For example, uh, an, an Australian company would feel more comfortable if we were based out of Sydney, we had an office in Sydney rather than the London office. Uh, one, because of the time zone situation and the currency. So we're going to be moving into international markets, but that's still well on the table for us and our expansion plans. And also some great research for your, for your listeners that are in the service industry. If you're in a, a marketing company, a recruitment company, don't worry too much about spreading locally, i.e. having Bristol, Manchester, uh, or Bath, wherever you're located. Just be located in one area and look at expanding in different countries when you really want to take that international domination. That's really great advice. Thanks, Mark. Um, talking about, you know, Zoom and uh, Microsoft Teams, etc., um, do you see, you know, post this and, and into a new normal uh, a number of your staff permanently working from home or working from home, you know, 60, 70% of the time? Or do you think you'll still go back to, 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 to all 70 people actually in one location? Gosh, it's a, that's a good question. Uh, that's the million pound question, I think, right now. I have always been a old school proponent. You know, people come into the office, we dress well, we represent our company well, we work hard during office hours. I'm very old fashioned in my approach. And some have said that, you know, too old fashioned, that working from home and, and splitting was is the new normal and the way that you get, you save the cost through the business, through the P&L, and you also get the most 
happiness and production out of your employees. I have not followed that so far, but I must admit it's probably one area where to a degree I've been wrong. We have seen and no fall in production or productivity of our of our employees during during the lockdown. They seem to be much happier, much more productive, spending more time with their families uh, and friends, doing much more fitness um, because they're losing that commute time where they're on the tube for an hour. They've got an extra hour with their children or able to go for a run or a cycle. So there's been benefit there. I think the the end result will be the hybrid model where, say, you're in the office three days a week and at home two or three days at home and two in the office. So you're still having that collaboration with your fellow colleagues and you're still picking up information from the business and, and you're feeling as if you're one team, but you also get the benefit of of working from home and, and, and having a more structured work-life balance. I think for me, it's been a bit of an eye-opener to see how easy the company has been able just to move to that model and, and still maintain the full output of the work that we normally do. Um, I completely echo that, actually, Mark, because um, Capital Business Media has actually been using a hybrid model um, since about 2011. Uh, business Matters was the official business magazine for the London Olympics, um, and we were told where our office is, at Canary Wharf, that it was going to be the worst place in London to be based and we should basically close the office for, for the month when the Olympics was on. Um, so we invested in uh, you know, the early versions of Zoom and, uh, and other things and VoIP telephone systems and whatever, um, and our staff spend 60%, you know, 70% um, of the time working from home um, and we looked at the, the analysis because in those days it could actually show you when people were logging on to our servers, et cetera. Um, and people were actually starting work an hour or two earlier when actually they would actually you know, start that journey to the train station. Um, so unknowingly, they were actually doing two or three hours extra um, overtime and uh, not needing to or not needing and not wanting to be paid for it. So uh, there are benefits. <laughs> We're seeing exactly the same thing. Productivity has stayed the same, it's slightly creeped up, but the happiness in the in the employees is noticeable, particularly the, the employees with, with small children. Um, they've been able to spend a lot more time with their with their families, and that's really valuable stuff because the happier the employees are, ultimately the happier the customers are. And and we've we've seen it, we really have seen it through quite challenging times. So listen, it's not all doom and gloom. We've had some pretty incredible insights during this whole thing because it's forced us to try things we wouldn't have risked otherwise. Absolutely. Um, talking about things that, that are a bit of a risk to your business, um, I know that you've been quite vocal on social media um, and unhappy with your, um, I'll use it in vertical commas, but landlords. Um, you, um, your 73 desks um, are actually based in St Paul's in a Regis business centre. Um, yeah. And I know that um, you know, you're quite unhappy, as are many people um, that are based in Regis, um, because they're not quite as flexible um, as uh, you were led to believe. Yeah, quite right. And listen, I'll be careful what I what I'm yeah, going to say get because <laughs> we're, we, none of us want to end up in, in court. But what I would say, if you're a small or a medium uh, business, do not rent from a Regis um, building. You, you, I, in my opinion, you a sold a dream. That is not doable. You, you, they bring you in on very affordable rates, sell you an amazing story about what it will be like to be in a region, the collaboration with the other companies, the ability to use all of their other offices. 
And then what starts to happen, and all you need to do is have a little look on Twitter, secret charges start appearing within your online portal every single month that make absolutely no sense, that weren't brought up um, beforehand. And it was a problem before the health pandemic arose but they really showed their two true colours and their, how they look after their clients and small businesses during this situation. They were very unflexible with rental holidays, with uh, deferrals of rent payments, with um, being able to work collaboratively with the businesses in the building when we were not able to work in the building. Um, and it really showed how important money is to them and not the longevity of their customer base. And I thought it was just me, so I did a couple of tweets, and the tweets absolutely went crazy. Hundreds of companies got involved. Uh, people started emailing my company, calling my company, and, and, and many stories of the same thing. And I must say that I own five other companies, and I don't just rent in a Regis. I rent in all other companies. Um, buildings and, and companies around the UK. For example, my PR company, Make More Noise, we have an office in Birmingham. The, the landlord came to us and offered us a three-month rental holiday before we went to them. That's how a proper business operates. So I was comparing my experience for my other companies versus what I was experiencing with Regis, and they were just completely terrible. And there's so many employees in their businesses. There's no managers anywhere. There's no one of authority you can speak to. It's one of those big, faceless businesses that's owned by a billionaire in Monaco somewhere that you can't actually talk to anyone that's actually can make any decisions. And uh, I just, I would encourage anyone to think very carefully before going into there because um, they tie you up in very tricky contracts and it's been a nightmare for me and many other businesses. Okay, thanks for that, Mark. Um, just in conclusion, um, you know, have, how do you think, you know, getting your crystal ball out, how do you think the next, you know, couple of months, et cetera, are going to pan out? And, uh, you know, has your business partner, Lord Sugar, also been able to, you know, whilst I know this is a very different recession that we're going to be entering to, to any other, um, but, you know, are there any sort of tips really that he's given you from, the, from, from previous recessions about exactly how to, you know, double down uh, and make sure that you're actually, you know, growing or at least sustaining um, in, you know, three months, six months or a year's time? Yeah, I mean, I've, we've done some pretty good restructuring and I've learned a lot through this. And while it's not been a fun experience, to say the absolute least, um, it's been amazing to learn the things that I've learned because I feel like if, if you can get your business through this situation, there is nothing that will take you down ever. Uh, I believe and Lord Sugar believes that this is going to be the biggest recession that we'll face in three or 400 years. It's going to be a long, hard slope from where we are now. And it's not nice to hear, but it's also the reality. As a business owner, you can't play in fantasy land. You've got to work with the facts and you've got to be ready for the worst case scenario. And if it's better than that, well, you're going to be really good. Um, so you've got to make the worst case scenario. You've got to look at a business model that survives that. And then anything on top of that's great. So the first thing we did is some financial modeling based on all the worst case economic scenarios. And we've cut down any areas, any costs in our business that are non-essential. So, for example, the fruit basket that was in reception, stuff like that is all gone. It's all the what do we need to run our business successfully and what is a must-have right now. They're the things that stay, you know, that, that are essential. 
Then you break your business into two sides. When things are good, you run a P&L business. You're always looking to make monthly profits and get those profits as high as possible and supply your customers with the best service. In a crisis like we're in now and going to be in for a little while, cash becomes king. It's all about the balance sheet and making sure you have enough cash at the bank to pay your suppliers and make sure that you can run your business effectively. So we've done a load of cash modeling. We've done a load of ways of restructuring our business and our terms with our suppliers to make sure that we have a longest form cash flow um, supply as possible. And, and from here, now it's all about marketing and sales, the stuff we're good at. People generally make the biggest mistake in, in, in um, economic downturns of closing down their sales and marketing arms to save costs. The reality is you want to look at other areas of your business and increase your sales and marketing because they're the things you're going to need the most right now. So that's what we've done and, and, it, and it is working well for us. Excellent. Okay. Um, Mark Wright, uh, co-founder and managing director of uh, Climb Online. Thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me and I love the website. Working with leading experts who know all about the business you run because your business matters. If you enjoyed this conversation with Mark, and if you like our content, please make sure that you like and subscribe on your favourite podcast app.